Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, episode 107. In today's show, we will be talking about how to do more by doing less and some of the key learnings from Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McKeown. We'll talk about how to identify the essential things in your life and what you can do to cut out everything else to give you the mental and emotional strength to perform the most vital tasks to the highest standards possible. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Shy. Well, this sounds like a great topic. Yeah, you know, I really love essentialism. It's sort of this mindset to help us overcome all of these feelings of overwhelm and all the things that our clients struggle with every day to try to be more productive and be more intentional about how they work. Yeah, they're being pulled in so many different directions and to find what exactly is important and what isn't important. You're always looking for new ideas and new methodology to help align one's day and one focus areas to really have a higher productive day. So tell me, what is essentialism to this author? So Greg McKeown, of course, is a best-selling author and a huge thinker in the space of innovation and productivity. He's the CEO of This Incorporated, which is a company whose mission it is to assist people and companies to spend 80% of their time on the vital few rather than the trivial many. So you can see the Pareto principle 80-20 rule coming into play there. So he works with Adobe, Apple, Google, Facebook, you know, all the heavy hitters. And his writing's been in Fast Company, Fortune, HuffPost, Politico, and more. And he's, of course, a blogger for Harvard Business Review and graduate of Stanford University. In this book, Essentialism is sort of his seminal work around productivity. So what were some of his findings and how does he view this as far as gaining more productivity and what we should be aware of? So, you know, people today feel like they should pack their schedules to the brim, right? We live in this age of abundance and there's this almost constant pressure because there's so much available to do that we want to do it all. And we feel like sometimes we have to do it all. And entrepreneurs certainly feel this way. And, you know, we have all these competing needs. We have to communicate all the time. We have to develop our brand online. We have to care for our customers. And it can really be overwhelming, as you know, right? So the issue is, is that we can't be great at everything. And, you know, we talk to our clients about this all the time. I know I constantly have to remind myself of this as well. (laughs) You know, we can't be an expert in every field and we can't have every possible experience. And having all of those things, by the way, won't necessarily make us more happy. And we end up cluttering our workspace and cluttering our lives and filling our schedules with things that we can't complete or at least not very well. I actually kind of think of this, Craig, as like every task that you put on a list that you're not going to complete is like a microaggression against yourself. You're really going after yourself and making your world dismal, all self-induced. Well, no, it's so true, right? So, you know, it's important to have a methodology around how you're going to organize your activities in order to be more productive. Basically, in order to avoid drowning in unnecessary work, you need to adopt this principle of essentialism. And it really focuses, Craig, on four main points. Number one, do less, but do it better. The cornerstone of essentialism is the never-ending task of identifying the less important things in your life to get rid of and doing what's left over to a higher standard. 
And I know I've heard you say this many times that you often start with your clients around what do they need to stop doing? Yeah, it's like removing that clutter. And we'll get into that because there's so many great examples and so many areas that we can improve. So the second point is rejecting the notion that we should accomplish everything and choose instead specific directions in which you can excel. So it's not about making tiny progress in many different directions. Instead, it's choosing a specific direction and making large strides in those areas that really matter the most to you. The third point would be constantly questioning yourself and updating your plans accordingly. So as you're learning about what's happening, you're questioning and reevaluating every day, is this truly the most important thing I should be doing right now? And that's sort of an ongoing process of deciding what's worth doing and what should be let go. And then finally, once the few vital tasks have been distilled from the trivial many, (laughs) the essentialists waste no time in ensuring that those changes are put in place. So it's a bias towards action, as most entrepreneurs have, but it's strategic action. It's first eliminating the noise so we can focus on the most important things. It's amazing that on this overwhelm side, we get volumes of elements that are vying for our time and looking at needing that time. And they're all level one priorities, but we need to give them to somebody or we need to have our outsourcing doing some of those tasks or not doing them at all. But how many entrepreneurs and solopreneurs look at it as it's just easier to do it myself rather than educate someone else on how to do it. So they just do it all and only they can do it. Yeah. And when you get into that feeling of overwhelm, it's a concept that Greg talks about as learned helplessness. (laughs) And what he means by that, I think, is that, you know, when you get overwhelmed, you surrender your power to choose. And you're essentially saying, well, I just have to do this myself. I can't, I can't afford it, or there's no other way to do it. I just need to do it. And both of those things don't work. You know, (laughs) giving up is not an option. And then becoming overly active and like overcompensating is also not an option because it's not sustainable. So to really have powerful choices and to make more things possible to move your business forward, you have to really choose what you're not going to do. That flows into your line item that you had regarding doing better with less. And how do you decide which element you're going to go after and what are you going to leave on the sideline? Making those trade-offs. And so many companies have done various segments of this, trying to figure out who they are and where they focus and where they're not. And I know in the book, you've got this great example of Southwest Airlines, taking a look at where they need to focus. Instead of trying to be everything to everyone, they focused on what was going to be the key tenants for their success. And they decided they find people from point A to point B, and that's it, with no frills, was what they were going to offer. And they did a great job at it. Yeah, you brought up a few things that I really appreciate. One of them is the idea of constraints really setting us free. So some people think of constraints and discipline, especially entrepreneurs, right? They typically became entrepreneurs because they hate working for other people. (laughs) They want to call their own shots. Yet there's a discipline around developing constraints and limitations that can really set you free by eliminating distraction. And so this makes me think about the show we did, episode 103, where we were looking at the growth strategy matrix when you talk about Southwest and how they made that choice of adopting a disruptive strategy where they actually, by using constraints, they had less offerings than their competitors. They weren't worried about first class. They weren't worried about fancy meals. They were really focused on how do we get people there efficiently 
and safely and provide a pleasant experience for them in terms of our customer service. And they were able to do that and also charge less. And when you can do that well, you disrupt the marketplace. And so imagine what you can do when you apply this approach to your business in just the day-to-day and how you operate as an individual every day. And to get there, you really need some time to think about what is your main focus? What is the focus of the business? What is the focus and energy behind what you're going to accomplish and make a difference in the industry and your, your uniqueness? And so you need space and you need time for that to be able to really take a look at that big picture. Oh, you sure do. And, you know, and it comes down to one thing, which is when are you going to put down your cell phone, right? (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, I mean, guilty is charged. So I'm not laughing at our listeners. I'm laughing with every one of you. You know, Craig, this is really, again, one of these universal struggles that we work with, with our clients about, first of all, understanding when they are at their best, which we focused on in another recent episode, talking about productivity and, and how to make sure you're organizing your activities for when you're at your best. Well, the other thing is, do you intentionally schedule time to think? And that doesn't mean, well, I'm just going to zone out in front of the TV a little bit. That can be valuable too, depending on how you're trying to depower. We're talking about actually really taking a step back and looking at the big picture. And you know, some of the greatest thinkers used to journal on a regular basis. And what is journaling? It's mindfulness. It's stepping back and reflecting on What is the big picture? What am I working on? What have I learned today? What do I need to do next? Yeah, the journaling side really pulls out the thinking process and allows you to look back and to see where your thoughts were and what is important. If you're really keeping your journaling tight and really focused, really centers around those things that are for the business or for yourself that are the most important. And that helps in the decision process as far as when you're barraged by a large volumes of decision-making regarding actions and time events that you're responsible for, your ability to choose which ones those are and their priorities really is accentuated by your journaling and seeing the discoveries, the results of your journaling of what becomes important in the journal naturally flows into what's important about the direction of the business and the focus areas for you as an individual, as a leader, and bringing forth your energy, your talent into that business at the right place at the right time. Yeah, I look at it as it's like uh, the opportunity to peer into your own brain, you know, because what you put on That's that a paper scary thought, you know, <laughs> well, it can be terrifying, right? But but it's funny, you know, if you just free flow, write some of your thoughts down. And I know many entrepreneurs take notes through the day, constantly take notes, they get new ideas. The question is, when do you actually go back and reflect on your writing? And so creating this sort of intentional space to just think, really, really valuable. And, you know, we were talking about volume of decision making that we're up against continuously. And one of the things that came to my mind was the recent readings about stress and its relationship to the conscious and subconscious elements. And so we have the normal conscious everyday volumes of tasks, volumes of requirements in which we get involved with on decision-making. And then there's a subconscious, and that stress level grows continuously throughout the day. And we're discounting the health impact from sustained stress. So if we're allowing all of this clutter and all of this stuff to be on our shoulders and wanting to do it all and insisting that only we can do it, and not being the essentialist 
in taking away that which is not essential, we're going to be caught up into that stress factor that grows and continues to grow until we have problems on a health basis. Yeah, that's a great point. And again, I think so many entrepreneurs just get caught up in this state of getting stuff done. (laughs) And they get almost addicted to that. And they don't realize that they're putting their bodies in a constant state of fight. And that's just not sustainable. And then your health becomes at risk. And so, you know, when we start reorganizing how people do their work, first place we start is with non-negotiables. How are you scheduling time for your health? And how are you scheduling time for your family? That's what comes first. Then we can talk about how to schedule your work. Which leads into how do we cut out things that really aren't essential? How do we stop it before it even gets to us? Where do we spend our time looking at what's not essential and what do we need to remove from our schedule, remove from our decision processes and our work processes I was reading through this and, you know, it's decluttering and the cluttering of life, you know, usually starts with purging first. It's fascinating reading another journal regarding clutter having a subconscious effect. So if you walk in a cluttered room, they did tests on this uh, with test groups regarding someone working in an uncluttered environment, someone working in a cluttered environment. And of course, you can derive logically which was better or worse. But this also applies to decision-making as far as your time and your energy and the amount of effort you're putting in and doing everything. That's a lot of clutter where you're defocusing and the clutter leads to stress. So here that stress word comes back in. Defining and deciding what stays and what goes out of your world as far as the decision-making and your time. So there's lots of different ways to do it. There's the old 90% rule, you know, how does it measure compared to what I want in the business or what I'm doing right now? How does it compare to other things of importance? We even have heard from other authors on the show regarding do the things that you really enjoy and you're great at and then outsource everything else. But before we do that, What shouldn't be on our plate? What should we not allow into our schedule and into our workload? Yeah, well, that's a great question. You know, I try to approach this from almost a visioning standpoint and really back into what to get rid of. So to me, the more clear you can get around what your vision is, the long-term vision for the goals that you have in order to achieve that vision, and then you back that down into shorter time horizons. So we can now say, okay, look, you know, the three-year plan is to get here because my life plan is to get there. (laughs) And so this three-year plan is going to help me get here. That means this year I need to get here. That means this quarter I have to be here. And in this next quarter, here are the most essential two or three things that have to happen in order to keep me on that path, on that arc. And once you've clarified that, then you distill it to something that I often call the cowboy's question. Do you know about the cowboy's question? Oh, that sounds exciting. Go ahead. (laughs) I know some of my clients listen to this show, so they're probably groaning right now because they get to hear this all the time. (laughs) uh, So here's the story. You know, we're here in D.C. and famous coach Joe Gibbs for the Washington Redskins, who's gone on to excel in other areas, including auto racing and just widely recognized as a thought leader in terms of leadership. And got great results, right? So it was said that Joe Gibbs in his office used to have a sign over his desk. And his sign said one thing and one thing only. And it said, how does this decision help us beat the Cowboys? So he distilled 
all of their actions around one goal. And when he came to the Redskins, that was their biggest rival. And the goal was to beat the Cowboys, ultimately to get to the Super Bowl. But because he was able to crystallize everybody around that one goal, that was a way of really exercising essentialism. Absolutely. And it really clarifies that ability of when to say no. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it is easier to say no when you have a clear goal in mind. That's excellent. Setting those boundaries, having a clear vision. I know there's another example in which uh, Michael Phelps on a swimming basis, his coach would always have him visualize the next practice, how he's going to optimize that next practice or that next event. And this is something you can almost visualize doing from a decision-making standpoint, even ahead of time. Well, if someone comes to me with a new opportunity that's not clearly in our lane, what am I going to do? You can role play that in your mind and get good at it. Really seek out to optimize your decision-making before you actually have to execute on it. So much easier. Yeah. So there's all these realms of your life where there's an opportunity to decide. You know, creating those standards, what, what are the minimum standards that you're willing to accept? Are you willing to accept less than one or two quality hours a day with your spouse or with your family? Are you willing to accept foregoing 30 minutes or an hour a day of physical activity that would give you the longevity to really enjoy your family and this life that you have for many years to come? So once you can establish these bottom lines, then you can ask yourself these critical questions. And make sure that the things you're doing really align yourself with reaching those goals. So, Shai, once we've committed to the principles of essentialism, it's time to grapple with that last step. Yeah, execution. Right. And so many times, everything from a planning standpoint and a mindset standpoint, you can get there. But the implementation, developing that new habit is the real major boulder in the works. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, there's a few things you can do to help prepare yourself for success. I have a technique I call find your 15. If you can find a 15 minute chunk, sometimes that can be enough. We tend to think of like, oh, I have to schedule this massive change. So I'm going to schedule an hour every day from now on. I'm going to go from doing nothing to scheduling an hour of time to think every day. And you're almost doomed to fail if you start that way. (laughs) But if you give yourself something really manageable, like when I pour my coffee in the morning, I'm going to take 15 minutes to just think before I begin any task, before I open email, to do nothing else. And I'm going to sit there with a pad and paper, and I'm just going to write down whatever comes to my mind. Or I'm going to sit in front of my computer, and I'm just going to write whatever comes to my mind for 15 minutes. And just let yourself think. That can be a great way to start. And that momentum can really start moving you forward. So it's excellent information, Shai. So what can we do next? Well, I think the key message really is that in spite of how things may seem, only a few things are actually vital to our goals and our well-being, and everything else is really unimportant. So it starts with getting comfortable with that. If you can get comfortable with that idea, then you're on your first step to really embracing this notion of essentialism. By focusing on just these few essential things and learning how to do better by doing less, we can create a life that's far more productive and fulfilling. So one way of thinking about this is, you know, approach your life and your workplace maybe like an editor, right? So instead of constantly adding more and more responsibilities and material possessions and other things to your life and to your workplace and to your home, try to think about ways that you can cut things out that are less important. 
The more trivial things you can eliminate from your thinking and your routine, the better you're going to be at what's left. And those are the things that really matter. To learn more about essentialism, you can take advantage of our great partnership with audible.com to get a free copy of the audiobook and a 30-day free trial. You can find all this in our show notes at businessownersradio.com. This episode has been sponsored by Aligned for Business, provider of business consulting and executive coaching. That's Aligned, the number four, business.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.